The Dallas Cowboys are going on the road to face the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night football. Now, both of these two teams had really high expectations last year going into the 2019 NFL season. And neither one of these two teams failed to live up to the level of high expectations that they were given. Now you look at the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have one of the most talented offenses in the NFL. They got an incredible group of wide receivers. You got Amari Cooper, you got Michael Gallup, and you got rookie wide receiver C.D. Lamb. Now, it has been questions about is Amari Cooper going to play in this game because he has been battling a hamstring injury. But based on reports, Amari Cooper is going to be full go to play in this game. Now, you got the Los Angeles Rams, who also have a pretty good offense in their own right. They got a pretty good group of wide receivers. You got Cooper Cup, you got Robert Woods, and you got rookie wide receiver Van Jefferson, who has been making a lot of noise throughout training camp for the L.A. Rams. Now, the question for the L.A. Rams offense is going to be, how good is his offensive line going to be this season? Because his offensive line is going to get tested. Because last year, their offensive line kind of took a little bit of a step down in production in terms of how good they were in 2018, the year they went to the Super Bowl, and last year. It was a little bit of regression on the offensive line side. So how good is the offensive line going to be this season? Because they're going to be facing a really good front seven with the Dallas Cowboys, especially with the addition of Everson Griffin on the opposite side of Demarcus Lawrence. So, I mean, this L.A. Rams offensive line is going to get tested really early. We're going to see just how good this Rams offensive line is week one with how good of a defensive line the Dallas Cowboys have. And not only that, but there is a little bit of a question at the halfback position for the Rams. As of the time I'm recording this, it is Thursday, September 10th, 10.35 a.m. in the morning. And as of right now, we don't know who the starting halfback for the L.A. Rams is going to be going into this game. Now, the Rams are going to be doing a three-halfback rotation. Daryl Henderson, who has been battling a hamstring injury, he is going to play in this game. And rookie halfback Cam Makers out of Florida State and Malcolm Brown. Now, here's what you guys need to look for with this three-halfback rotation in this game. Anytime you have a three-halfback rotation or you have a halfback committee in general, you're not going to get a lot of carries. So let's say all three of these halfbacks gets nine carries or at least nine touches. And a halfback committee like this or rotation, the team is going to gravitate towards the halfback who gets the hot hand. And a lot of you guys may be like, okay, what do you mean by hot hand? Well, let's take this for example. So every halfback, let's say every halfback on the Rams this game gets nine carries. The halfback who takes, you know, those nine carries and at least has three or two big plays out of those nine carries. Let's say Daryl Henderson, for example. He gets nine carries. He has three big runs. He has like a 10-yard run. He has like a 15-yard run. He has a 20-yard run, okay? The Rams, since he is the halfback who had the most big plays, will gravitate more towards him because he was the halfback who, you know, had, you know, the more big plays with less of the carries, so that's what people mean by going with the halfback who has the hot hand, okay? When you're in a situation like this, the halfback who emerges is the halfback who most of the time has the more big plays than the other halfbacks. So at the end of this game, we're still probably not going to have a good idea 
of who the starting halfback or who the clear RB1 is in Los Angeles for the Rams. And we probably may never get an answer until about the midway point of the NFL season around week eight or week nine is where we're probably going to figure out who the best halfback in Los Angeles is. But as of right now, going into this game, we don't know who the best halfback is. And at the end of the game, we most likely still won't know who the best halfback is in this game unless somebody just completely goes crazy with their limited amount of touch and just, and just has like 115 rushing yards and three or two touchdowns or something like that. So, I mean, at the end of this game, the question when it comes to who the best halfback in L.A. is going to be for the Rams, most likely isn't going to get answered. Now, for the Dallas Cowboys... Their secondary is a question that I have. Now, their secondary isn't great, but it's not bad. I want to see who's going to replace Byron Jones, because Byron Jones was a top 10 quarterback. I don't care what any Dallas Cowboy fan comes on here and tries to say about Byron Jones. He's a top 10 quarterback, okay? He's one of the best corners in the NFL. So you got rookie Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama, who had a pretty nice camp for Dallas. Anthony Brown and Chidobe Awuzie are going to be the three main quarterbacks to look at in this game. You also got safety Xavier Rhodes and Dorian Thompson. So this secondary is going to be matched up against a really good wide receiver core for the LA Rams, Scuba Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson. So how's this secondary going to perform? And also, if you are the Los Angeles Rams, Jalen Ramsey. I got my eye on Jalen Ramsey. How is Jalen Ramsey going to perform in this game? Because Jalen Ramsey... Recently signed a contract extension that made him one of the highest paid players on the defense side of the football in NFL history. He's one of the highest paid defensive players in the history of the NFL. And if Jalen Ramsey comes out in this game and he does terrible and he just has a bad game to get straight by Amari Cooper or whoever he's going to be guarding this game, think about all the storylines that is going to come out of this. Because a lot of people already think that the Los Angeles Rams overpaid for Jalen Ramsey. So if Jalen Ramsey comes out in this game and he doesn't do good, it's going to be a rough morning for him when he wakes up the next day on Monday. Okay, so Jalen Ramsey, I think, has to come out here. He has to have a big game. He has to be absolutely shut down. He has to shut down Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, whoever he's going to be defending against. He has to absolutely shut them down. Because if not, if Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup goes off, it's going to be a long week for Jalen Ramsey. Because a lot of people already think that Jalen Ramsey's overrated. A lot of people already think that the LA Rams overpaid for Jalen Ramsey. So if you're Jalen Ramsey, you need to come out in this game and you need to silence the critics, okay? Now, I know a lot of players have this persona, like they don't listen to the media. They don't care about what the media says about them. But let's be honest. If you talk to any player or any former player in the NFL, they'll tell you, you know, sometimes the media gets to them sometimes, okay? Every single former NFL player will say that. Every single NFL player, you know, I don't believe that every player in the NFL doesn't listen to anything that, you know, is said on ESPN or Twitter, okay? I, I find that hard to believe. I mean, everybody hears something about them eventually, good or bad. So if you're Jalen Ramsey, if you don't play good in this game, I mean, you're going to have a lot of eyeballs on you. So the team that I'm going to take to win this game, um, before I get into my prediction, I want to talk about Mark McCarthy. Because I haven't touched on him. Mike McCarthy got fired from Green Bay because he was too old school, basically. His offense was outdated. So now that he's had a year off to look in the mirror and reinvent himself, I want to see what new wrinkles is he going to throw into this Dallas Cowboys offense. 
Now, somebody in the comment section correct me if I'm wrong, but the Dallas Cowboys aren't supposed to be having any major changes to the offense. Now, like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Dallas Cowboys are basically supposed to keep the same system that they had in place last year, which is why you guys haven't, you know, heard me talk about the offense learning the new system and how many players are they going to have learned and things like that because I said this about Cleveland and every other team that's got a new head coach. But the Dallas Cowboys are different because although they do have a new head coach, they basically plan to keep the same system from the previous year, which I think was another reason why Mark McCarthy brought in Kellen Moore. So I believe Kellen Moore has a lot of potential as a play caller. I believe, you know, he was more of just Jason Garrett's scapegoat last year, but I believe he has a lot of potential. So Mark McCarthy, I want to see, is he going to throw any new wrinkles into this game? It doesn't have to be, you know, a whole entire game where he's just, you know, pulling trick plays out the butt and things like that. But I just want to see, you know, is he going to pull out a flea flicker? Is he going to pull out like a double pass or something like that? Like, what creative new wrinkle is Mark McCarthy going to throw at the Los Angeles Rams defense? So you take everything into consideration about why he got out of Green Bay. The whole situation with Aaron Rodgers deteriorated. So, I mean, he has a very good team, probably one of the best teams he's ever had in all his year coaching besides that 2010 Super Bowl team he had the Green Bay Packers. This is a really good team, okay? A lot of talent here, especially on the defense side of the football. So, Mark McCarthy, I just want to see some innovation. I just want to see at least two innovative plays out of Mark McCarthy in this game that just made me go, wow, okay, that's pretty impressive, you know? So, the team I'm taking to win this game, I want to take Dallas to win this game. I think Dallas wins this game. 31 to 27 because both of these two teams have really good offenses and both of these two teams defenses you know i'm not really all that high on i'm not really high on dallas secondary i'm not really high on the la rams you know front seven at all especially with the loss of Corey littleton and clay matthews and their pass rushers like dante fowler so i mean i think this game is going to be pretty high scoring I think Dallas wins this game 31 to 27 in a shootout. And this could go either way. This is a game that could go 50-50. But I'm going to take Dallas to, win, to get the win. I think Dallas is the better team. I think Dallas is going to be able to get a little bit more stops on defense compared to the Rams because of how good the Dallas Cowboys are up front. So I'm taking Dallas to win this game 31 to 27. And I'm not biased. Trust me. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. I don't like watching the Dallas Cowboys play, especially having to watch them play on primetime. Like I get really irritated. Like sometimes when the Dallas Cowboys play on Sunday night football, I I just don't watch it at all because I think it's a little bit ridiculous about how many primetime games the Dallas Cowboys actually get a season. Seems like every single week during the game of the week for some reason. So, I mean, I know they're America's team and everything, but come on, man. Like, I get tired of seeing the Dallas Cowboys in those primetime slots every week. But, you know, I'm not being biased. I'm going to say that Dallas goes ahead and they get the win week one, 31 to 27 in this game on the road against the L.A. Rams on Sunday night football. The Arizona Cardinals are going on the road to face their NFC West divisional rival, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, when these two teams faced off twice last year, the 49ers won both of their games. The first game, the 49ers won 28-25. In the second game, the 49ers won 36-26. And a big reason why the Cardinals lost those games was because their defense wasn't really all that great. I mean, the 49ers were able to do whatever they wanted to do on the offense and both of their two matches. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, in the first game that these two teams played against each other last year, he threw for three touchdowns. In the second game that they played against each other, he threw for four touchdowns. So, I mean, if the Arizona Cardinals want to win this game, this defense has to be way more improved than what it was last season. 
and it should be, especially with the addition of rookie linebacker Isaiah Simmons. Now, Isaiah Simmons is going to be really interesting to watch in this game because I want to see how the Cardinals are going to utilize him because he is pretty much going to be playing all over the field. He's pretty much going to be playing a little bit of corner. He's going to be playing linebacker. So, I mean, how are the Cardinals going to utilize him on defense? Because he can play so many positions at a very high level. So, when you look at the 49ers, um, two of the biggest concerns going into this game is going to be the wide receiver position. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Now, Brandon Ayuk has a good chance of playing in this game, but Debo Samuel, he does have a chance of playing in this game, but it's, it's really small. So we don't really know if we're going to see Debo Samuel playing in this game, but there is a really good chance that Brandon Ayuk could play in this game, the rookie wide receiver out of Arizona State that the 49ers drafted in this past year's NFL draft. And if the Cardinals want to be able to win this game, I think they have to be able to win the line of scrimmage. They have to be able to win this game up front on both sides of the football. You see, last year, Kyler Murray was able to run around. He was able to, you know, buy time, scramble for a few yards, able to give his wide receivers a couple of seconds to get open. But ultimately, he still ended up getting sacked seven times in both of the two games that they played against each other, against the 49ers. And if the Cardinals want to win this game, this offensive line is going to have to be able to protect Kyler Murray because they're going to be facing the best defensive line in all of the NFL. I mean, you got to try to block Nick Bosa, who was defensive rookie of the year last season. You also got to stop Arik Armstead, D. Ford, and rookie defensive tackle Javon Kenlaw. So this offensive line for Arizona, you know, Cardinal fans have been saying how improved this offensive line is. Well, now this is the game to go ahead and prove it because they're going to have a really tough task going against this 49ers defensive line. And when you look at Kyler Murray, last year he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, it gives this Arizona Cardinals offense a legitimate wide receiver who can beat one-on-one man coverage, who can catch those 50-50 contested balls, and it's a third in the red zone. So having DeAndre Hopkins is going to help out this Arizona Cardinals offense because this San Francisco 49ers defense is really good, but... I want to see how they're going to fare against DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. You also got to take into the fact that they have Kenyon Drake now. Kenyon Drake is also going to be an added bonus in this game for the Arizona Cardinals because now they're not going to be completely one-dimensional. Now with Kenyon Drake having a full, you know, offseason under this Cliff Kingsbury offense and knowing this Arizona Cardinals system better than what he did last season, I think having him in this game is going to make it to the fact that they should be pretty balanced. They should have a pretty solid running game, and they should be pretty good running the football. And when you look at Arizona last year, Kyler Murray was basically doing it all by himself. They didn't really have, you know, a lot of help in the run game. So with the added help this year in the run game, not only do they have Kenyon Drake, but you also got Chase Edmonds as well and Eno Benjamin. They have a pretty good group of halfbacks who can get the job done running the football. And if you want to beat the San Francisco 49ers, you have to be able to not only be able to, you know, win the line of scrimmage, but you also have to be able to protect your quarterback and you have to be able to run the football because you don't want this 49ers defense just playing pass and teeing off these pass which like you want to keep them balanced you know because once you're playing into their hands and you can't run the football and all you just got to do is throw the football to win the game 
you're going to be playing into their hands, which is their ability to stop the run with how good their secondary is and how good this defensive line is at getting pressure on the quarterback. So for the 49ers, with them going against a more improved defense, you know, I want to see if they're going to be better running the football this go around than where they were last year. Now, to be fair, the 49ers were really good at running the football against the Arizona Cardinals defense last year. Just the fact that they didn't really have to because they had so much success through the air. So if you're the 49ers, you know, you got to be a little bit more balanced because with Chandler Jones there, you always got to make sure that you look out for Chandler Jones because he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So, I mean... The team that I'm going to take to win this game, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers to pull off this victory. And the reason why is because I just don't trust Arizona's offensive line. Like, Arizona Cardinal fans can preach to the fan about how improved the offensive line is. But ultimately, I really just don't see that big of an improvement from last year to this season. So I think this is a game that, you know, this Arizona Cardinals offensive line is still going to struggle to protect Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is still going to be running for his life back there. So, I mean, I'm going to take the 49ers to win win this game 34 to 24 is my final score prediction in this game and look I understand that Arizona is really improved and everything like that I know they added um DeAndre Hopkins in the trade with the Houston Texans I understand that but I still feel like the 49ers are a way more superior team than the Arizona Cardinals and I don't really trust this Arizona Cardinals off the line. And I still don't really have a lot of faith in this Arizona Cardinals defense. Because this is basically the same team that Arizona Cardinals are going to be facing last year. I know this 49ers team lost a good amount of talent. You know, they got rid of DeForest Buckner. They got rid of Emmanuel Sanders. But they brought in younger guys. They brought in Javon Kinlaw to replace DeForest Buckner. They brought in Brent Ayuk to replace Emmanuel Sanders. So, I mean, this is still a really talented San Francisco 49ers team. So, I mean, I don't have a lot of confidence in this offensive line. Now, I know Kyler Murray is probably going to be better than what he was last season because he has developed as a quarterback. And I understand that. But, I mean, you can preach to the fan all you want to. It's like Seattle Seahawks fans and Houston Texans fans always talking about how much the offensive line has improved. But, you know, I have to see it. And in this game, I don't really have a lot of confidence in this Arizona Cardinals offensive line to win up front and keep this San Francisco 49ers pass rush from just going absolutely crazy. So, I mean, I'm going to take the 49ers to win this game. 34 to 24 is my final score prediction. And I do think that Arizona has a chance to win this game. I think it would be naive of me to say that the 49ers, you know, are just going to win this game and dominate the Arizona Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals don't have a chance. I'm not saying that. The Arizona Cardinals do have a good chance winning this game. It's just that I think that the 49ers have a better chance winning this game because of how good they are up front on both sides of the football. If you want to be able to beat the San Francisco 49ers, you have to be able to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, on the offensive line and on the defensive line. And I just don't think that the Arizona Cardinals, you know, have a lot of talent there quite yet to be able to compete with the 49ers and the trenches on both sides of the football. That's why I'm taking the 49ers to win this game. The 49ers are still the far more superior team than the Arizona Cardinals, and that's why I'm taking the 49ers to win this game here week one at home against the Arizona Cardinals. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going on the road to face the New York Giants Monday night. And as a Steelers fan, I think I'm more pessimistic going into this game than the majority of Steelers fans out there. And a lot of Steelers fans feel like the New York Giants don't really have a chance of winning this game. 
And as a Steelers fan, I would like to disagree with that. Because if you have watched the Pittsburgh Steelers for as long as I have, going on 10 years now, you will know that the Steelers always lose to teams that they have no business losing to. And I mean, no Steelers fan can deny that. Did Go back to 2011 when the Steelers lost to Tim Tebow in the wildcard game. Go back to 2017 when the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not once, but twice. Go back to even last season when the Steelers lost to the New York Jets. Okay? So, I mean, the Steelers, despite how good they may be, and despite how better of a team they may be than the New York Giants, the Steelers, for some reason, always seem to play down to the level of competition that they're matching up against. And I mean, this happens every single season. Like, when you look at the Steelers' losses, the majority of the time, most of their losses don't even come against good teams. They come against bad teams, you know? So, I mean, as a Steelers fan, I know a lot of Steelers fans are probably going to disagree with me, but I mean, look, the Steelers, for some reason, always struggle against teams that they have no business struggling against. And it has been a reoccurring theme throughout the last 10 years. I mean, and nobody can really deny that. I mean, it's several instances of the Steelers downplaying the teams they have no business losing to. So, I mean, I think I'm more pessimistic going into this game than the majority of Steelers fans out there. And I do think that the Steelers, you know, although they are the better team, I do think they have a pretty good chance of losing this game because it is week one. This is going to be Ben Roethlisberger's first game back from injury. So, also, you have one of your offensive linemen, offensive guard, David DeCastro, who is not going to be playing in this game. But, I mean, when you look at the New York Giants, you know, this really isn't a great team. This is a team that has a new head coach in Joe Judge. It's going to be the first game of Joe Judge's tenure as the head coach for the New York Giants. And if you're Joe Judge, it's going to be a really tough game that you have ahead of you. Because the Steelers have a really great team. A lot of people are asking questions about how good is Big Ben going to be. I think Ben Rosberg is going to be fine, Okay. So if you're Joe Judge, you got to worry about how good is your offensive line going to be because New York Giants fans have been, you know, talking about how great the offensive line is going to be this whole entire offseason, right? So now this is a chance to back it up against one of the five best defensive lines in the NFL. I mean, the Steelers' defensive line is absolutely loaded. Cam Hayward, you got to worry about Stephon Tuitt coming back from injury. You got to worry about T.J. Watt. I mean, this defensive line is stacked. So, I mean, if you're the New York Giants, your offensive line is going to get tested. If you want to see a good test of where your offensive line is and how good your offensive line is going to be, this will be a good test to see where your offensive line is at. Now, for the Giants also, I think the wide receiver core is pretty solid. You got Darius Slate, Slayton. You got um, Golden Tate. So, I mean, you also got Sterling Shepard as well. So, I mean, you got a pretty good group of wide receivers. And you're going to be going against one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Joe Hayden is coming off of one of the best seasons of his career last year when he made it to the Pro Bowl in 2019. You got Steven Nelson, who is one of the more underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. He allowed less yards than Stephon Gilmore, less touchdowns as well, and somehow didn't get selected to an all-pro team and didn't get selected to the Pro Bowl. Don't know how that happened, but it happened. And then you look at Minga Fitzpatrick, 
All-Pro safety last year. On top of you have Terrell Edmonds, who also had one of the best seasons of his career in 2019. Then you got a really good group of linebackers led by young rookie linebacker Devin Bush. And you also got T.J. Watt coming off the edge as well. So, I mean, for the New York Giants, this offense is going to have their hands full. And with them learning a new offensive system, you want to know how much of the playbook are they going to have mastered going into this game. Also, worry about Daniel Jones. The biggest knock on Daniel Jones is the fact that, you know, he's a guy who isn't scared of pressure, but that seems to be his downfall. You think him not being scared of pressure will be a positive, in which it kind of is, but him not being scared of pressure, it seems like he doesn't know how to sense it. He just, you know, steps up right into it. So I want to see how much has Daniel Jones improved because Daniel Jones had a really good rookie season. A lot of people seem to forget that Daniel Jones was projected to be a bust. A lot of people didn't like the Daniel Jones pick. A lot of people felt it was a reach. A lot of people felt this was one of the worst picks in NFL history. And he turns out has a really good rookie season. But the downfall of his rookie season was the fact that he turned the ball over a lot. He fumbled the ball and put the ball on the ground a good bit too. So, I mean, you're facing a good Pittsburgh Steelers um, defensive line. And you got T.J. Watt coming off the edge. Listen, T.J. Watt... When he's coming after the quarterback, he's looking to sack the quarterback. He's looking to try to strip the ball from the quarterback's hands. So, I mean, if you're Daniel Jones, man, you got to be able to take care of the ball if the New York Giants want to have a chance winning this game. You also have to get Saquon Barkley going. Now, Saquon Barkley is one of the best halfbacks in the NFL. He's going to be behind what we assume to be a more improved offensive line than what he's had to work with last season. So, I mean, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got to be able to key in on the run. And if you're able to stop the run, then you're going to have this New York Giants offense playing right into the palm of your hands, which is having to throw the football to win the game. So if you're the Steelers, you're able to stop the run early and you get out to a big lead really quickly, you're going to put a lot of pressure on the New York Giants to score points on offense. And if the New York Giants have to win this game throwing the football, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers' chances of winning this game. Now for the New York Giants also on the defense side of the football, where is the pass rush going to go for? Like, who is going to be the dominant passers for the New York Giants besides having Marcus Golden, who was the team's leading leader in sacks last year with 10? Now, I don't really know how I feel about this New York Giants pass defense in total. I don't really think they have a lot of great pass rushers on this team. They have a lot of great young players who could potentially be great pass rushers like O'Shea Zimes, who I really like a lot. But, I mean, I don't really think this New York Giants Pass rush is going to be able to get a lot of pressure on Ben Rosberg, especially considering the fact that this is one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. But one thing that I do like about this New York Giants offensive line, or defensive line, excuse me, that a lot of people aren't really giving them credit for is, the, is that I think this is going to be a really good team when it comes to being able to stop the run. I think the New York Giants have a really good defensive line in terms of having players that are able to stop the run. You got Leonard Williams, who, you know, a lot of people were like, why would the New York Giants franchise tag him? Well, I mean, he was really good against the run last year. And then also on top of him, you got Dexter Lawrence, who is really good. You got Davlin Tomlinson. You got B.J. Hill. So also you bring in linebacker Blake Martinez, who although he isn't great in coverage, he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL when it comes to being able to stop the run. So, I mean, the New York Giants have a pretty good run defense, and I want to see if Pittsburgh is going to have success running the football on the New York Giants. I think the New York Giants can have a top 10 run defense this season. So, then the biggest question is going to be this New York Giants secondary. Now, you bring in Logan Ryan, which I didn't even know about. Like, I thought that would be like breaking news, but I didn't find out that the New York Giants signed Logan Ryan to a couple of days ago. When somebody had told me. So, I mean, you got James Bradbury, you got Corey Ballantyne, you got Logan Ryan, you got Darnell Holmes at the cornerback position. 
Now, how's his cornerback position going to match with the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver position? Because the Steelers have a lot of good young wide receivers that a lot of people don't really lot about, don't really know a lot about. A lot of people are under the narrative that the Steelers don't really have a lot of playmakers on offense. A lot of people will say, like, all, all they have is Juju Smith-Schuster and that's it. And that's not really true. Deontay Johnson was one of the best rookie wide receivers last season. He was actually the best player that the Pittsburgh Steelers had on offense last year as a rookie with Mason Rudolph and Devin Dog Hodges throwing him the football. So imagine what he's going to do this year with Ben Rosberg coming back. Imagine what Juju Smith-Schuster is going to do with Big Ben coming back. You also got James Washington, who was pretty good. You still got um rookie Chase Claypool, who had a really good training camp. So the Steelers have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the football, especially Eric E. I think Eric Ebron is going to be a really good fit in the Steelers' offense. So, I mean, the narrative that a lot of people have about this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, about them not having a lot of playmakers, is false. They have playmakers. It's just that a lot of people don't really know about them yet because, you know, they kind of got held back by the poor quarterback play. So, the team I'm taking to win this game, I'm taking Pittsburgh to win this game. And let me be clear, I'm not choosing Pittsburgh because I'm biased or anything like that. Like, I know I'm a Pittsburgh still a fan, but I don't make predictions based on, you know, who's my favorite team, which team I dislike the most. Like, I make my predictions based on who I feel is legitimately going to win the game. And I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers should be able to win this game. Now, I think this game is going to be a little bit close than what a lot of people expect it to be. Like, I think the Steelers win this game 27-20. to 20. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, this is week one. This offense may come out a little bit rusty. Big Ben hasn't played football in a while. He's coming off of a season-ending injury from 2019. So where is he going to be? How long is it going to take him to get into the rhythm of the game, you know? So, I mean, I think this Steelers team is going to be able to beat this New York Giants team 27-20. to 20. This is probably going to be a closer score than a lot of people think. You know, I've been seeing a lot of people saying that the Steelers are going to win this game 31-14, to 14, uh, 35-14. to you know 14. So, I think that this game is going to be close. And I think that the Steelers should be able to win this game. So, let me know who you guys think is going to win this game down below in the comment section. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, and if you guys are watching this on the Apple and Spotify podcast, make sure that you guys go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't already, which is JT Sports. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you guys go ahead and check out the JT Sports podcast on Apple and Spotify. Wherever you get your um, podcast from, the JT Sports podcast is available. Also, make sure to leave the podcast a five-star review as well. The Tennessee Titans are going on the road to face the Denver Broncos. And this game is going to be really intriguing to me. In my opinion, this is one of the more anticipated matchups that I've been waiting all offseason to watch. Because you have the young flying Denver Broncos offense going against a really severely underrated Tennessee Titans defense. Like, this Tennessee Titans defense is really good. And this defense was really good even before they signed Jadavion Clowney. I mean, before they signed Jadavion Klein, you still have Vic Beasley, you had Harold Landry, you have a really good group of linebackers, you got a really good secondary, you got Malcolm Butler, Dory Jackson, Christian Fulton, the rookie out of LSU at cornerback, you got safeties, Kenny Vaccaro, Kevin Byard, and now you add Jadavion Klein, who is expected to play in this game. This defense is really good. This could potentially be the best defense in the NFL by the end of this season. And they're going to be going against the high-flying Denver Broncos offense. Now, the Denver Broncos are probably the most improved team going into this NFL season. A lot of people have the Denver Broncos penciled in as their sleeper team for this year. 
And when you look at this deal with Broncos offense, Drew Locke was really impressive in the few games that he played in last year, near the end of the season. And you give him more weapons. You give him a guy like Jerry Judy, who is one of the best route runners I've ever seen out of a rookie wide receiver, probably in the history of the NFL. You got K.J. Hamlin, who has really impressed in camp. You got Corlin Sutton. I mean, you have a lot of talent at this wide receiver position for the Denver Broncos. You also have tight end Noah Fent, who was the best rookie tight end in the NFL last season. A lot of people haven't really been talking about him. Then you have Melvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay. So the only question is, how is this Denver Broncos off the line going to hold up? And while we're on the topic of the Denver Broncos off the line, rookie center Lloyd Cushenberry is going to have a really tough task in his NFL debut. Because he's going to have to stop this monster of a man called Jeffrey Simmons. Now, a lot of you guys, unless you're a Tennessee Titans fan, may not know who Jeffrey Simmons is. But Jeffrey Simmons already is one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's like Ndonkin Sue reincarnate. Now, Jeffrey Simmons only played the second half of the 2019 season. When he came back, you know, he didn't really get all that much playing time in the regular season because he was trying to get back into football shape and the Tennessee Titans were trying to work him into the defense. But once the playoffs came around, Jeffrey Simmons was an absolute monster. Jeffrey Simmons was one of the biggest reasons why the Tennessee Titans were able to go on the road and upset Baltimore in the divisional round. This dude, Jeffrey Simmons, is a beast. And if you're Lloyd Cushenberry, you're going to have a really tough task ahead of you in your rookie debut trying to stop this guy, Jeffrey Simmons. So I want to see this matchup. Rookie Lloyd Cushenberry, center out of LSU, taking on Jeffrey Simmons. Because this could be a really tough matchup for him. Because Jeffrey Simmons, this dude is a monster. And if you didn't know who Jeffrey Simmons was before this season, I guarantee you you're going to know who Jeffrey Simmons is after this season is over because I think he has a good chance of becoming a pro bowler at the end of the season. He reminds me a lot of Nin Duncan Sue. I really like Jeffrey Simmons a lot. He's my he's one of my favorite players in the NFL already. Then another question. When you play the Tennessee Titans, you always have to wonder, can you stop Derrick Henry? And I know everybody is going to be like, oh JT, that's Duh, I mean, everybody knows you want to beat the Titans, you got to be able to stop Derrick Henry. But the reason why I think this is really important, you know, and not really cliche, because everybody, you know, when they preview the games, they say, oh, you got to be able to stop Derrick Henry. Everybody's like, that's obvious. But when you look at this Denver Broncos linebacking core, Vic Vangio a couple of days ago during the training camp presser said that the thing that concerns him the most is the inside linebacker position. And that's something that is really concerning to him. He's not really worried all that much about the secondary. The pass rush, you know, with Von Miller being injured, um, he's expected to be out for the season. But I think we potentially could see Von Miller play sometime this year if the Denver Broncos are able to make it to the playoffs. So I'm not really ready to rule out Von Miller as of yet, being out for the entire season. I got to see some more. But I think I expect Von Miller to play sometime this year. Now, it may be pretty much later on down the road. But I do think Von Miller will play sometime this season. It doesn't even matter if it's week 16 or week 17. I think Von Miller will be able to play sometime this year. Because it's just Von Miller. This dude is special. If there's anybody who can get ready to play despite the injury that he suffered, it could be Von Miller. So I think Von Miller could play this year. I'm not saying he is, but I do think it's a good chance. But back to the inside linebacker position, it really worries me. And it worried Vic Vangel because he said with the short and offseason, you know, the inside linebacker position has to worry the most. So... If you're the Denver Broncos, 
how good are these linebackers going to perform? Because anytime you face Derrick Henry, not only do you have to be a really good tackling team, but you also have to have great linebackers and you have to be able to be really good up front. The Denver Broncos have a pretty good defensive line, but I don't really have a lot of confidence in their linebackers. But if the Denver Broncos want to pull out this victory, you got to win and you got to be able to stop Derrick Henry. That's the only way you can really win this game. Because look, Derrick Henry basically is the cornerstone of this Tennessee Titans offense. Because when Derrick Henry is going, the Tennessee Titans can do a lot of things. They can do play action. That opens up the deep passing game to A.J. Brown. So, I mean, Corey Davis. So, I mean, if you're the Denver Broncos, you have to be able to start Derrick Henry. Because if not, you saw what happened to the New England Patriots. You saw what happened to the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, it seems like every single game that Derrick Henry rushes for over 100 yards, the Tennessee Titans win the majority of those games. And also, when they're able to get Derrick Henry going and you're not able to stop the run, you can, you know, basically chew up the whole entire clock. You're not going to get a lot of possessions. So, I mean, if you're Denver, you have to be able to stop Derrick Henry. And I know it sounds so cliche to say that because I know it's, like, pretty obvious, like, duh, you got to be able to do it. But, I mean, this is just too important just to leave off. Like, I have to touch on it. And what makes this even more interesting is the fact that the Denver Broncos inside linebacker position isn't all that great. Now, how good would the Titans defense be with Harold Landry, Vic Beasley, and Jadavion Clowney? Because the Denver Broncos off the line is kind of shaky. Now, the off the line has improved a little bit, but we're about to find out just how much this off the line has improved and how good this off the line really is because they have a really good group of pass rushers that they're going to be facing. Then, you know, Malcolm Butler, Dory Jackson, Christian Fulton, how are they going to match up against these Denver Broncos wide receivers? Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Corlin Sutton. So, I mean, this is a really intriguing matchup. And I mean, Drew Locke. Drew Locke, how's he going to perform? This is going to be his first week one start. You know, this is his first year as a full-time starter in the NFL. A lot of people have high expectations for Drew Locke. A lot of people feel like Drew Locke could be a dark horse um, NFL MVP candidate. So, I mean, if you're Drew Locke, how are you going to perform in this game? What are we going to expect from Pat Shermer? Pat Shermer is one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. Not a great coach, but a really good offensive coordinator. Really good at calling plays. He knows how to get the best out of young quarterbacks in the NFL. So, I mean, this is a really interesting game. Um, team, I'm going to take to win this game. I'm going to take Tennessee to win this game. And the reason why I'm going to take Tennessee to win this game is because I don't think Denver is going to be able to stop the run. And I trust Denver's offense in this game. Like, I trust Drew Locke. Like, I trust Drew Locke to the point, like, I have Drew Locke starting as my QB1 in every single fantasy league that I'm in. So I have faith in Drew Locke. I think Denver's offense is going to be able to put up some points. The thing is, just for the fact that I don't really think the Denver Broncos linebacker um, position is all that great. And I think that's going to be their downfall because with a weak linebacking core, I don't think they're going to be able to stop this Tennessee Times run game with Derrick Henry. And I think Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Times are going to do what they do best, run the football, chew time off the clock, control the line of scrimmage. And I mean, Denver, I don't really think they're going to have all that many possessions to, you know, have opportunities to score on offense. So, I mean, if you're the Denver Broncos, if you want to win this game, you have to, you know, stop Derrick Henry. And also you have to be able to create turnovers because the possessions where you face the Tennessee Titans, if they're able to get the run game going, are just so limited. 
So, I mean, I don't really trust the Denver Broncos inside linebacker core to be able to get the job done. I do like their defensive line. I think their secondary is pretty okay. But, I mean, I just don't like these linebackers, man. I don't think these linebackers are going to be able to get it done and being able to stop this running game for the Tennessee Titans. So, I think that the Tennessee Titans win this game. Uh, I'm going to say they win this game 27 to 20 is my final score prediction in this game. Like, I think um, this game is going to be fairly close into the fourth quarter. And Tennessee, like, Tennessee is a really scrappy football team. Like, this is a team that you really don't want to, you know, have to play all the way down to the last minute because this is a team that, you know, is really good. They're really scrappy. They get the job done. So, I mean, I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans to win this game. I don't know how many other people are choosing Tennessee Titans to win this game. And I really like the Denver Broncos a lot, but I am going to have to give the edge to the Tennessee Titans and winning this game.